Hey world, welcome to the Sharice Nicole podcast. I created this space where I'll discuss life lessons, personal stories, observations, unsolicited advice, and ramblings that go on in my chattering mind. Every so often, I will pull in guests to provide different perspectives and discuss a range of topics from nutrition to travel and all things in between. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I'm joined today by a special guest, a longtime friend of mine. He's an athlete. He is a personal trainer. He knows all things fitness. Marcus, thank you for joining me on my podcast this morning. Hey. I know it's early for you. <laughs> thanks for having me, Sharice. And thanks for waiting for me. I'll be be quite honest. I was late for this this morning and Sharice was patient and just waiting for me. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for not giving me the fire when I got on here. Okay. Because, you know, I almost was late for my own, but this is our second time recording this. So this is, this is it. We're going to make it's this happening. The it's happening. It's happening. There we go. Okay. Can you, can you tell my audience a little bit about what you do, who you are? Okay. Well, um, I'm the founder and I guess CEO of a fitness company named Notorious Fitness. Uh, I operate out of Lloydminster, Alberta. We're actually right on the border of Alberta and Saskatchewan. So uh, the city, like the, the border of the provinces actually goes to the middle of the town. So at any given period of the day, I could be in one province or the other. Uh, but yeah, mainly the gym that I operate out of is in, is in on the Alberta side. Um, I'm also a football coach, so I coach defensive backs at a school called Holy Rosary out here. And I'm just looking to get more and more into into fitness. I'm doing a nine to five right now, but the fitness thing is my my kind of side hustle, and I want to turn that into a permanent gig for myself. Good. And I've seen, I've been so um, lucky to see the evolution because I remember one of our phone calls, you were telling me about, you know, you wanted to start something, you wanted to start a website. And then you were like, I don't know if I'm going to start it yet. And I was like, you need to start that ASAP. Like, why wait until next year? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I, de- I definitely remember that. Um, it's it's crazy because this was like all coming into the, the year uh, the COVID year, right? Just mm-hmm. last year, 2020. Um, and like, that's, a, that's been the good thing with our, our friendship is that we've always kind of encouraged each other, talked to each other about like, Hey, what are the projects you're working on? Uh, what are your goals? And, you know, talking to each other through it. Um, and our conversations, you know, obviously got fewer and got fewer and fewer over time. You know, we spoke less frequently than we did before. So mm-hmm. every single time we were getting into it, it was like really heavy stuff. Like you would get like wow. six months of activity <laughs> in 10 minutes. But yeah, you really were encouraging of me starting the project. I was really hesitant. I definitely remember that because I was, you know, at that stage where you're judging yourself and thinking you're not good enough and, you know, wondering who would ever want to listen and wondering how am I even going to make this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just told me just start. I'm going to make a whole bunch of mistakes and I'm going to be learning the whole way. You know, I'm a year and a bit deep now, way, way further on than I was when I first talked to you about it. Um, like I'm at a place where I've had a lot of people come up to me and say like, wow, you're, 
you're doing amazing things and comments about it yeah but i still feel the same as like when i told you i wasn't ready yet like i i feel like i have no idea what i'm doing really? and I'm, you don't look at your yeah. progress like and think like wow i came a long way oh i definitely i definitely do um but i know that this is not the end for me so that's yeah. why i say i i feel like i still know nothing mm-hmm. like i'm i'm always adding things and you know for me i have I, I like i said i got a nine to five and i are and i have a family already so it takes up a lot of time so i'm not a person that's getting to you know spend hours and hours every single day on my on my craft and working on my site and mm-hmm. you know all those things it's like i gotta take an hour or two each day so it, it's a slow steady grind for me building this company and building my network building exactly that's all that matters i'm glad that you're still keeping it up though i love what you've done and you've you've uh, just started merch like t-shirts and stuff so i'm really proud proud for yeah. it. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you but um i did want to go back because like yes you started this last year during everything that's been going on like how do you even feel like how are you doing mentally like emotionally spiritually during this pandemic because it's crazy (laughs) man it's crazy and a lot of different things have been thrown at us um from different angles so i mean as far as as far as covid like i feel pretty regular i know a lot of people have been very stressed about it Mm -hmm. um you have one side of people that will call I guess the the anti-maskers and they're like they don't, don't do they don't believe in in COVID or they think it's a think it's a conspiracy you know like they're they're going running around telling me the government's out to get me all don't this let me stuff. start with that conversation with you we're not going to do this on this episode, <laughs> no, <not>. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a funny thing and that's why I was saying this but then you have the other side of it where there are people that you know they obviously believe in COVID and they're very conscious about it and it's very worrisome to them. Like every single time I talk to them, they're going to tell me, oh, they they discovered a new variant or we had the, this many new cases today. So like exactly. there's two ends of the spectrum where I'm like, okay, you care, you're getting a little too um, up in arms about this. Like you seem really scared. Yeah. And then there are people where it's like, okay, you don't care at all. Like you don't, you don't even, you're not giving this any any regard i'm right in the middle like i know this i know this thing is real i know it's out here affecting people i lost a family member from it already but with that being said i'm a person that like i've all i've always just kind of trusted god and just felt like man if if i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get this and i and you know obviously i'm being smart washing my hands wearing masks all that kind of stuff but um it's just to me not something to stress about I was fortunate I was able to work during the whole time. Like I said, I got a nine to five and my place of work was considered essential. So I didn't have to take CERB or uh, stay at home for months and months on end. Uh, So nothing really changed for me. I was going to work, coming back home, taking care of my kids. And that's it. The only thing that changed was that I didn't didn't have the gym for a a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that caused me to just adjust um, but no stress on the mind. It's just more of a pause. Outside of that, the the only other thing that I can really say maybe it was a little stressful was the the BLM movement over over the last two years. Like living on the border of Alberta and Saskatchewan, I'm sure that you know your listeners can guess that I like I live in an area where 
it's pre predominantly white people that live here. Um, and like one thing that's really interesting is like living living amongst people of a different different race when you're in an area like Toronto where everyone is so um, it's a big melting pot and everyone's kind of like taking for pieces from everyone's culture and you know you have people from different cultures in in your circle um, or at least are acquainted with it's very different when you're out here and there's like no one that you can look at and that looks like you and I shouldn't say no one there are people um, it's just not as frequent that I think was a little bit stressful because while while all these things were happening in the world, um, you know, different killings and people people getting shot or beat up or anything like that, I was in an area where like nobody actually cared. You know, if if that makes sense, I shouldn't say nobody cared. I had discussions with people about it, but it wasn't like a everyday topic and weighing on the people around me heavy. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was seeing it and it was like every day for a period where I was like, oh my gosh, like this is heavy. Yeah. And there was nobody for me to talk to about it. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was a little difficult for me, but you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of part of being black. Like you yeah. see this stuff, you have to deal with it. You have to learn to not let it paralyze you. Um, I've definitely had to do that in order for me to start this business. Cause you know, I, I almost, almost everybody that I do work with is of a, a different race than me. Mm -hmm. And that has, hasn't been a hindrance for me. Um, just cause, you know, I try to approach everybody with an open mind, open heart. And so far, everybody that I've had uh, an interaction with out here has been like that for me too. Um, you know, I, I haven't had a whole bunch of racist people running around talking to me or anything like that. Everyone's been very, very kind and you know very uh open with me good i'm glad i'm glad to to hear that you know you haven't been really mentally bogged down by everything like i feel like i've been patient for a whole year during these lockdowns but then again i don't know how open it is over there but right here in toronto there's like they've closed down aisles in dollarama in walmart like it's getting ridiculous and aisles yes haven't you heard of it oh, yeah oh, like there's oh, oh. No. There's essential items in stores and non-essential items in stores. So the ones that they deem as non-essential, like skipping ropes for kids, coloring books, like I can't even get plates, napkins, things like that, whatever. It's like closed off. And even if you try to purchase it, <clears throat> it won't go through on the scanner. So See, that stuff's crazy. It's it's not like that <laughs> over here at all. Like I, okay. I, we've been pretty open. Like I can, I can still go to a bar. Let me put it put it that way. Yeah, you guys the don't even know nothing open. about that. You guys don't <laughs> even know nothing about that. If uh, if if you want to go to like a bar or a restaurant or something like that, it's open till ten o'clock here, and then like or sorry, that's last call is at ten, and then it closes at eleven. Um, for us, really we just have to wear masks like i'm um, smaller community so it's a lot easier the way toronto's the biggest city in the country so that's why you guys got hit so hard i'm in a very small town i think we're only like sixty thousand people in the whole city mm. so you know it hasn't been anything crazy okay well i'm glad to know that you're okay <laughs> but i want to go back to your whole fitness journey and just like mm -hmm. can you walk me through how you even got to where you are so can you explain like or just tell me a story of like where it began into fitness or into the business itself? Fitness first, and then we'll get into the business. Okay, well, fitness was just from being a kid. You know, I was I was always a very athletic kid. Um, I played every pretty much every sport that I could play. Um, you know, I was your 
your classic kid that gets picked first or second every single time that you know you're picking teams um (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know nothing about that um but yeah so I I played sports all the way through up until university played uh football in university as well for five years um so by the time I left school fitness had been like my entire identity um but there was there was actually a point in university where I stopped playing for a year like I like I had a falling out with a coach and I quit um and in about the half season that I wasn't on the team like I was all of a sudden like man I'm just a regular student I just go to class now like what I don't play sports what am I who am Mm -hmm. I and I started to realize that a lot of my habits like I like I realized I was always sitting in the back of the class and that and that was just because I was with like all these athletes that you know at that point we didn't weren't focused on school we were just like oh I'm just here to play football um but then all of a sudden I wasn't I was like I can't sit at the back like you didn't know how to function as a regular student basically yeah telling me (laughs) so I started you know started sitting at the front of the class um started and putting up my hand and answering questions uh and all of a sudden started realizing that I was actually smart. Like I had people being like, oh, wow, that was a great answer. (laughs) No, it's like, it's it's actually crazy. Um, I have, you know, I got got approached by the editor of the paper to be a sports columnist, things like that. Um, So that helped me realize that I was more than an athlete and that there was more impact that I could have. Then I went back and, you know, finished up my, my career with the team and then left. And then again, was faced with that whole, like, all right, now I don't play sports. Like, what am I? Um, If I were to fast forward, because that's, you know, you don't really have to go into that too much. When I moved out here, uh, they were in a recession and there weren't a lot of jobs. Like, they were in a period where um, most people weren't working or they were losing or people were steady losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got here and wasn't able to get hired. So my mom actually recommended that I go and try coaching. She's just like, hey, if you're not working, why don't you go do something like that? You love it. You know, yeah, at least you won't be depressed. Um, and I did. And just like I said, I got embraced by the, by the school, by the community. Um, and I just kind of never looked back from there. I just I went deeper and deeper into it. Um, I, was, I also had a gym that was right beside my apartment building, and I ended up getting hired on as the guy at the desk. I was the guy at the desk giving you towels and making you smoothies. That's how I, that's how I started as a trainer, really. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I had people just coming and asking me questions. And even though there would be trainers in the gym, they would still come ask me questions while I was behind the desk. Um, and one day I asked my, my manager, like, hey, how much do trainers make? And she was like, 20 bucks an hour. And at that point, I was making like 12 bucks an hour. And I was like, oh, that's an easy choice. <laughs> so um, I went and got my certification and then uh, started training. And I'd, love to, and I'd love to say that I never looked back, but I did. And I stopped training for a bit and then went back into training. Um, so it hasn't been this like smooth journey of me being like, hey, I want to be a fitness instructor. And then I never yeah. looked back like. It's it's been a journey to get to this point where I'm even saying, okay, this is what, what I want to do full time. I always um, 
I've had, I've worked with a personal trainer once and he sucked. He was so bad uh, <laughs> at win fitness and he was, he was big and bulky, whatever. Great. Had his own muscles, but it's like, I tell you my goals and you're supposed to work with me, help me get there. And he was like on his phone when I'd be doing reps, he would be like miscounting the reps with me. And I was so annoyed, but didn't have a good experience with that. But <laughs> when I think about um, how a real personal trainer should, should act and be, it's actually a lot of work. So kudos to you because it's more than just coaching them on how to do reps or squats properly. It's like a lot of, I'd say a lot of um, mental Right. There's a lot of psychology that's in, yeah. involved with it. Um, I mean, people, you got to remember, you got to remember whenever you're training somebody, the vast majority of people do not like going through pain. They do not like exerting themselves, yeah. even if they know it's beneficial from them. Like you, you don't meet people that work out at the gym when you're like, Hey, what do you, what do you like about this? They're like, Oh, I love when the reps hurt. I love when I wake up and my legs are ahead. He's like, there are a couple people, like there are some sickles, but most people aren't like that. You talk, I, I guarantee you, you talk to pro athletes, you you go to a, a, a basketball team, a pro basketball team, and you walk into that locker room and be like, who here is in love with working out? I'm, I'm going to bet there's like two or three of them that are actually going to be like, yeah, this is, this is everything I want. Most people, they work out and they're disciplined because they want something that the result the, the work yeah they want something that the workout is going to give them they want something that that consistency is going to bring to them all right so when it comes to being a trainer i have to i have to find a way to keep people motivated keep people engaged um you have to have people um still believe in the vision like they have to want to get from a to b or a to z sorry and realize that they're maybe only at A or they're only at C right now and still feel like, hey, this is worth me showing up. This is worth me coming back. Um, and the more and more people you work with, the more you realize that everybody's not the same. So you have to find different ways to motivate people. And you have to become an analyzer of people. Um, you have to understand how open you need to be with them and how how close or what kind of boundaries you need to be setting. You know, there's there's a lot of thought that goes into it outside of just how many reps should I give this person? Should I make them squat? Should I put a barbell on their back or should they use dumbbells? You know, all those uh, uh, decisions that you really attribute to a, to a personal trainer or performance coach or however you want to put it. Um, but yeah, it's it's more of a thing where you get good because of your experience and like how much you want to actually put into it. Um, if your trainer there, if he's on his phone the whole time, like he wasn't serious. You know, you're not serious. I can I can give you an example of something where I where you said he he was miscounting your reps, for example. I do that all the time, like all the time. Is it because right? you're not paying attention? No, for me, I'm I'm paying attention to a whole bunch of things. I'm telling you to do an exercise, right? And what do you think is more important that you do exactly ten reps, or that your back isn't isn't starting to round when you're doing a deadlift? You know, like mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to correct your form. I'm trying to make sure make sure that you're getting the most out of every single rep. I'm trying to decide 
hey, is I, I'm also a person where like my workouts are very fluid. So I might come into the workout with things written down. Mm -hmm. But as we're doing the workout, if, for example, you're feeling discomfort somewhere, I might change and I change what we're doing. So like I'm also analyzing what I'm seeing and being like, hey, should I should I stick with the plan? Should I try something different? Or you said that you felt that you felt this muscle working, but you're supposed to feel this muscle working. Why is that? Are you doing it correctly? Or is it because you're weak in this area? Like there's, there's a whole Good bunch question. of things going through my head. Yeah. And that's, and that's all while I'm supposed to be going one, <laughs> two. Okay. okay that's no, the okay. thing that I'm actually, that sometimes I'm actually looking at you and be like, Hey, can you just count the reps? And okay. I'll deal with everything else. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. But in my case with this guy that was miscounting it, it was because he was on his phone and he'd look up. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I get two, you. And I'd be I like, no, I'm on nine. But anyways, whatever. Yeah. Anyways. It, so, it's, it's, you know, there's different reasons that it could happen. I'm, um, I, I know that I do that and it's not something that I want to do. It just kind of happens because of, because of like, like what I'm thinking about. Um, yeah. But yeah. So... You okay? So personal training to notorious fitness. Can you tell me what inspired you to even create, you know, your own company? Like, what was the the thought process behind that? Okay, starting my own company is it comes from uh, my upbringing as a a poor person of color. I think growing up in Canada. Um, we have a very interesting perspective because a lot of times our parents are coming from different countries um, and they're coming from circumstances that are way worse than ours. Mm. And growing up, your parents have these huge expectations of you uh, to, to, you know, make use of everything that they've given you. You know, like you could have been born in a third world country, but you're born here and you have every opportunity and like they expect you to just kind of like figure it out like that. Um, and they're also telling you all these things that you should be going to do. Um, whereas I was a person where it was like growing up, I, I looked at my parents as my idols. And then over time looking around and as I became more aware of the world, it was more like, why is my life like this? Like, why do we live like this? Mm -hmm. um, when I was, I was, I was living in government housing from you know birth up to until seven years old, and then I moved to Ottawa in the suburbs. And from seven to ten, I was living in this like, like the show Boondocks, like how Riley and yeah. you, like that was like that was my life. Like I moved from government housing in Toronto to to uh, to this beautiful place where everybody played sports and everybody had both their parents in their home and you know they had stairs in their houses like we weren't living in an apartment buildings connected to each other we had we had yards and things like that um so that was like an introduction that okay things are a little bit different you know and like i don't this isn't the only way um and then you know started questioning like why are we poor even though you guys are working so hard and you're telling me i need to work hard and you're telling me i need to go to school but oh, my dad went to university and he was in politics and all these things. And yet we're living in a, in a, in a one bedroom apartment with, with roaches all over the place. Like something, there's a disconnect. Like I don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out like what is the difference between 
my circumstance and the circumstance of people that have the things that they want and that are able to live the way that they want. Um, one of the big things that I've, I've discovered is that you can never become financially free without ownership. If you don't, if you don't own um, an asset that's going to continue to to generate you income, then there's no way that you can ever hope to move towards that class uh, of of the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to move towards that that one percent. Even if you never get there, you should always be trying to move towards that that, yeah. that group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to to start something of my own from for years. I just never knew what. And I was, you know, a person coming out of university where I was like, I'm going to start a business, but I got to figure it out. Um, even though I was a personal trainer, uh, I, I, for a while, I didn't really think that that was a real profession. Like I didn't, you know, like who, who pays people to, to train them, to tell them to squat. But that's because I've been an athlete my whole life. So oh, to okay. me, it was just like, this is just what I do. You know, like I didn't really think of it like as a job. Yeah. You know, if you grow, if you, if you grew up as a dance, as a dancer, like it's, you might not realize that you can get paid thousands of dollars to be in a, in a video or be on shows until people like show you that. So, you know, I, I had to, because of social media, it made a lot easier for me to see all these different trainers that are starting businesses and, you know, you're starting to see these commercials that are saying like, hey, I can help you. I can help you become a six figure trainer and this, this and that. And I'm like, man, is that possible? Um, but again, like I said, ownership was just a big thing for me. So I, I knew that I needed to start something of my own. And I was already training kids at the at the gym, just kind of collecting money under the table. Um, but I knew that in order for me to ever moved from point a to z where it was like okay now i'm in control of my life mm-hmm. i needed to do things i needed to set things up the right way and like try to actually move towards being legitimate and having these different businesses that were registered and yeah it's just this ongoing journey i guess but i remember you saying like um I don't know if this is like one of the things that inspired it behind, but inspired you behind like creating a company about it. But you'd say that, you know, you'd be training a lot of people with like a lot of different skill sets and levels of mobility, I guess. And you, one of your things was um, anyone can be an athlete. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was it about like empowering really anybody to like? Okay. So yeah, that's the actual like basis behind the company. All right. So for, for me, having stopped playing, um, I was also trained. I'd stopped playing. I was training high school athletes. And then as a, as a trainer, you you usually don't only train one type of person. Like you're going to train multiple types of people. And I was also training adults and I was in that tweener phase. Right. I, I was, you know, I, I was moving towards having a family. Um, I wasn't playing sports at the time. I still wanted to be active. And then I just started talking to people that were in that tweener phase as well. And they all wanted to be athletic. Most people that I was talking to, they weren't like, okay, I want to put on a bunch of muscle and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Um, and yeah, there were people that wanted to lose weight. 
but ultimately people just wanted to feel healthy. They wanted to, they didn't want to feel as if they were having um, issues with pain or mobility. They didn't want to feel like they were out of breath. Um, and a lot of people that hadn't been high level athletes didn't think that they could do it. Whereas to me, it was like, man, this is really easy. Just get out and start moving. Like, let's just start, start at somewhere. Like everybody is not going to be um, LeBron James, you know, you, you just do the best you can and educate yourself and learn and practice and you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how, how much better you get is going to be determined by how much you put into it. Um, so I thought that I could fill a, a little bit of a gap there because most trainers, they market themselves as um, somebody that can help you lose weight, you know, or somebody that can help you put on muscle. They're, they're really um, peddling the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, if you look online, there is a, this niche of trainers that that are performance coaches, and they're doing like explosive explosive exercises. They're um, doing agi- uh, agility drills with the different athletes, things like that. That space is kind of where I wanted to exist, and we didn't we didn't have that where I'm where I'm at in the town that I was. So I thought, hey, let's let's be the guy. Yeah. So you just wanted to to be the first to do it. And I think it's a great thing because um, more than like train like an athlete, I always think like, oh, athlete, like those are people that play sports, right? Like they can only be classified as an athlete. Like I can't, right? But then you also kind of brought in this new idea that, you know, anyone can be an athlete. It's like, starts really small and really simple, but you can, anyone can work towards it. So have you, ever had to, have you ever had to have you ever had to run for a bus because you were about to miss it? Of course. I mean, I okay. hated doing it, but like you, know. you hated doing it, but you but you had to do it. When you're when you're running, you're doing something athletic, right? That's that's an athletic thing for you to do. Or if you had to carry a whole bunch of groceries home from the store, you know, you know, back in the day we had our little shopping carts. I don't know if you had this experience, but you you have your little shopping carts, you fill it up and then you you finish with moms and she, and we're not taking the bus home but we're walking home from the grocery store <laughs> you I've know like groceries before okay Mom. there you go you're <laughs> having to carry it that that's something athletic having to be able to carry something even even for somebody that's had to you know throw a ball outside or throw a stick or something like that even if it wasn't part of a sport like that's athletic right movement is an athletic thing it's an athletic feat Right. So it, you don't just because you're not um, in a quote unquote sport doesn't mean you can't be an athlete just because I'm not keeping score of like what you're doing doesn't mean you can't be an athlete. Being an athlete just means, hey, can you move? Can you get your body to do the things that you require? Right? Mm-hmm. If you can get it to do that, then you're technically an athlete. Hmm. I like that. So it seems like you came a long way, you know, with developing your business, going through that whole journey in university and school, being an athlete and a personal trainer. And I'm always someone who loves to reflect and just look back on my life. And now that we're in the 30s club, like I look at what I did in my 20s to get me to where I am now and what I can do now moving forward. So how do you think you've grown and matured from your 20 year old self until now and how do you think it's also helped you develop this company and just make you who you are today um i think i think the two biggest things for me is one that i've had to cut off a lot of the fat um i think there's a a lot of things that you're trying to be involved in or trying to do 
when you're in your 20s, when you're young, um, that aren't necessarily things that are going to help you get towards your goal, but things that you just think you need to do or things that you think you need to be around. You know, that old FOMO, fear missing out. Um, you get influenced a lot by the people that you're you're around, positively or negatively. Um, but you're you're always hearing all these different voices and opinions and being presented different options. And then when you're younger, you don't necessarily always know what's the what to say no to mm-hmm. and what you need to hold on to. Um, I think I'd be in some ways I've been forced to 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 get rid of those things but in other in other ways like especially when it comes to the business I've had to to learn like what I can hold on to and what I need to let go of um so yeah setting those setting those boundaries for myself having an understanding of who I want to be as well has also been a, a really big one um I I think that like I've struggled with my identity over over the course of my life and it's something that's always changing at this point I've yeah. I've realized it's always changing it's not going to stop but like I thought that I was supposed to be this person and like I wasn't that person and that kind of felt me made me feel like I didn't have alignment in my in my spirit mm-hmm. um now I'm at a place where it's been a lot easier for me to accept where I'm at and understand that like I'm on a journey and to appreciate that journey instead of always saying hey you're not here yet and you need to get there um that's still definitely you know a part of who I am like you always gotta be future focused and looking into the into the future and and planning especially as a business owner um and I think just you know as a parent you need to be able to do that and then just as an individual because you need to know where you want to take yourself Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing is to remember that right now you, all you have is today and this moment and like, you got to deal with that first before you can deal with all the other stuff, um, that comes with, with your, your vision. And that's just life in general. Like I've learned that yes, always appreciate, just appreciate the journey. Like I always fixate on the outcome, the goal, but I have to realize that I just need to. Like it's the little bit that I do every day that leads up to that. And even if I have one day that's off, it's okay. Just get back on. And also I felt like you where it was like, okay, when I'm 30, I'm going to be here. And then there's reality, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's just about, <laughs> it's just like, we're, we're always changing. We're always evolving. So I'm a lot less harder on myself for those reasons, because it's life. And I think that's what I've learned just as I continue to grow and become more myself. Um, and also, you know, this podcast has helped me get there to become more of myself, you know, just like be share more of my authenticity with others, um, yeah. but mostly myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Because um, I know it's so important that other people can also resonate with you. There is or was a defensive back in the NFL named Charles Woodson. So he ended up being in the Hall of Fame. Um, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. And one thing that he said that really stuck out with me is that he he knew that he had something to learn every day, that even though he was in a position where he knew basically as soon as he retired, they're going to put his 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 bust in the Hall of Fame. 
the difference between him and the average guy was that the average guy on the team was that like he was constantly studying he was constantly trying to learn Mm -hmm. and he just had this understanding that like you can never know everything so that's that's what I think people got to realize as individuals as business owners whatever it is that you're doing you got to understand that you're never going to know everything so stop trying to get yourself to this place where you're perfect or where you know enough Mm -hmm. you know like there's there's never going to be a time where you can sit there and be like oh I have all the answers or where you could stand up in front of a room and there isn't going to be a person in that room that will ask you a question where you have to where you have to pause and go hmm you know what no one's ever asked me that or I've never Mm -hmm. thought of that before uh that happens to me all the time as as a trainer where somebody's going to stop in the middle of workout and be like, Hey, I'm feeling this, or this is happening or whatever, or why do, or why are we doing X, Y, Z? And I don't have a complete answer. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of times, a lot of times the problems that I've fixed with clients have come from me hypothesizing, like seeing them in, in the environment and seeing them try to do something and then seeing a result and then being like, okay, I don't know exactly why that that's happening. But what I do know about this area of the body or what I do know about this exercise or what I do know about this person, I'll start with that and then try to guess what, you know, what it could be. Taking an educated guess, obviously, you know, I'm not just throwing, throwing darts at the wall and whatever sticks, but just allowing myself to, to, to explore and discover has helped has helped me move forward way more than trying to be this person that is perfect you know it's very restrictive yeah exactly even the ones that you think do they're just putting on a front (laughs) because when you really break it down they're just trying to do their best of figuring it out and i think one of the most important life lessons is we're all just trying to figure it out we're all just trying to figure it out and always to remain a student. So really good life lesson. Yeah. I think, I think that right now, the biggest, the biggest thing for me is um, gaining, gaining sight. Like that's, that's something that I think is really important in my growth. I don't know if if other people can relate to this as well. So I kind of wanted to share, but um, that whole idea of like the third eye, and you know being very connected to your spirit um Mm -hmm. that is that is something that i I really need to work on right now Mm. um it's so when i when i when i talk about this this is this is an interesting thing like your relationship with your with or my relationship with with my spirit um has has changed a lot because first it was very much based in religion right um, like I grew up in a, in, in a Christian household and my, my whole, um, view of spirit was like my relationship between me and God yeah. and how that, how, how that plays out in the world. Whereas I, I've also heard people say things like you, we are all gods, right. Yeah. Um, which was a very like conflicting statement for somebody from a Christian household, like in, in my household, there is only one God. So you can't, you can't 
look at yourself as a as a god mm-hmm. now i'm not I, well i'm not trying to get into a whole discussion about whether you should look at yourself as a as a as a god or not the the whole thing was just me realizing that there was a spiritual part of me that needed to be fed and needed to be nurtured and needed to be analyzed and massaged and like i need to get to know this person better yeah um and like i need to be able to hear what this person is saying better because i again when you get locked into trying to have this identity or try to be this person that you think you should be you're not allowing that you're not allowing that part of yourself to to come out of you naturally Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you're not even kind with that version of yourself so i'm really trying to get more connected to understanding like this is marcus and this is his flaws and this is his his strengths and like that's okay what do we what do we need to do in order to to move forward from this point and get a little bit better and not judge myself just like be you know um that that's a really big thing for me right now because if i if i can't align my spirit then i can't align my actions right and my actions are are not going to are not going to be reflective of like who i am in the inside and that means that I'm not going to be able to manifest my deepest desires into this universe, into this realm. Um, so, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me right now, just trying to get that sight, sight trying to get that connection, trying to be aligned and, and, and move forward from there in harmony. I love that. Oh my gosh. Why didn't you say this earlier? Our our whole conversation could have just been about spirit. (laughs) No, that's really good. I'm I'm also trying to do the same. You know, I feel myself pulling away sometimes and I have to get myself back. There's a audio book I shared with you that you already uh, read or listened to conversation with the devil. But uh, one of the things that he says in that book, like it's a devil being like the devil speaking to, I guess, spirit or humans i can't remember but it's like sort of like a narration like that and the devil's like he's able to bring people in when they are what does he say when they're distracted when they're drifting when they drift so it's like when i feel myself drifting then i get caught up with distractions and things that aren't aligned with my nature so i'm glad that you're doing that work that inner work to just pull your balance and the self-awareness back to self and a big another thing i want to give you some tips that you didn't ask for some tips also to help <laughs> you um is yeah just like self-forgiveness and acceptance acceptance of who you are and then obviously to forgive yourself and love yourself and then just move forward because that's all you can really do but yeah i'm really glad to hear that okay so <laughs> thank you for the chat it was really great where can everyone keep in contact with you notorious fitness i know you got some new events going on how can they okay. keep in talk, contact well a couple a couple different places like i said everything's all in the worst first off check out notoriousfitness.ca that's the website um it's you know i'm adding things on slowly but surely so i add videos on there add articles um like you said at the beginning i'm starting to get some merch on there as well um i want to build this into a nice community where we can you know be really interactive with each other um i as much as like this is my brand i'm not trying to build it 
in a sense where it's like, oh, this is just mine. Like I, I want to build it off the back of, of networking and collaboration and kind of the, the way the world's going right now. Um, but yeah, notoriousfitness.ca on Instagram. You can find my personal account, the notorious MLP. Um, my business account is underscore notorious.fitness. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, ooh, I got too many of these. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, I'll put it in the description. Box yeah, put it in the description. <laughs> I forgot that one. Twitter, I forgot that one. Uh, yeah, but the main ones are going to be Instagram. You can find me on there or you can go on on YouTube and uh, type up Notorious Fitness. I've been adding some my videos on there so a lot of the stuff that i'm posting now on instagram are just like shorter clips from like a longer session or a longer video that i'm posting on on youtube um we definitely should have gotten this is one thing we didn't talk about the whole way of building like your brand and how you get content out there and all that but um yeah so i'm i'm making like my longer clips um, or my hub content and putting that on youtube and then i'll take take clips of that and throw it onto Mm -hmm. instagram and things like that and just experimenting there those would be the the two main ones you can find me on 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 linkedin if you type in marcus lampeters or if you type in um, notorious fitness as well same thing on Insta- on facebook you'll find me in those places using that but my main place that i'm active on is going to be instagram and youtube okay well yeah thank you for sharing your story and giving me a piece of your time i know this is like a struggle but we got it we did it. <laughs> we, we did it you know what the devil is a liar right the devil is a liar all right guys and until next time